welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Jasmine, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm uh, I'm very pleased that you're able to join me, so thank you so much. No worries. I'd like to start by asking how you describe yourself and what you do. So I'm somebody who's very creative and very passionate, and yeah, so I'm a model and a beginner actress. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that's pretty much what I do. But yeah, I just love doing a variety of things. Sure, sure. Okay, so model then. What was it that first got you interested in to becoming a model? Well, what first got me interested was probably the models that I saw in magazines and on TV. And like I would find them very inspiring ever since I was a little girl. So those sort of people just were amazing to me. And, yeah, I just enjoyed watching the, like, top model shows and the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Mm -hmm. And I just really enjoyed it, and I just thought these people were really cool and that to be like them would be so amazing. So it wasn't until I was 21 that I started to pursue a career in modeling. Okay. So so – I knew you you're you're in Australia now and you grew up in Australia. How has how has growing up in Australia affected your modeling career? Well, it definitely has groomed it well in the sense that I was very fortunate, but then I think I was very smart to access or look for the right tools and the right industry professionals to work with because I think in Australia to say at the very least um, I know a lot of people and I was at this point as well where they don't really know where to start Mm -hmm. and or who even to or what even to look for um, when you're just starting and that can be obviously very challenging and With Australia, like, there's a lot of agencies and there's a lot of photographers and there's a lot of, um, you know, managers, etc. But when I first started, like, where I am now actually is, like, one of the most smallest cities. And um, so being there kind of meant that you kind of knew exactly where to go to first. But then, yeah, you'd only be very limited in what was available. So... In saying that, though, um, I'm originally from Sydney, so I kind mm. of like knew if I went to Sydney, if I traveled there often, that there would be more things to do over there. So I was very open to doing that. So I think what helped me was not only my drive to do well and kind of invest in like modeling lessons and workshops and, and so on, but I think what helped was also um, me – you know, wanting to travel because by traveling it meant I could discover more. Sure, excellent. So let's 
let's talk about your first gig then. So you said you started at at 21. How did yeah. you book your first modeling gig? Well, if let me just think. Well, in terms of modeling gigs, mm-hmm. I think it wasn't until at least a few months later okay. after my um after my initial photo sh- like my first photo shoot that I did that I did my first gig. But the gig was like a competition, so I felt like, oh, if I enter, um, it's just going to be extra exposure and I'm going to get experience out of it. In fact, the whole competition was open to people of all different levels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the people there actually could or they were training you to kind of know things and become a model, um, like a proper model, especially Mm -hmm. if you progressed on into the competition. Um, Funny enough – the first time I entered that, um, you know, I got up there and it was really, it was a bit scary at first, but I really enjoyed it. And it was kind of like one of those stepping stones that you need in order to advance. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, it was such an amazing experience and I didn't get through. But when I entered that same competition the second time, although in saying that the second time I entered like one and a half years later, um, <laughs> I ended up going into the national qualifying finals, but by that point I was more experienced, so it kind of made sense. But then when I think about it, if I hadn't have entered in the first place, that wouldn't have become experience, you know, for Mm -hmm. me, and therefore I wouldn't be learning if I'm not pushing out there. So I think it's just, yeah, very important for people who are starting out to kind of – not grab anything that they can just get, but, you know, at least take on as many opportunities as they can within reason because, um, yeah, you'll learn a lot from them. Yeah. So to the, to the novice and such as myself, um, it's, it's less clear what actually happens when you're, you're doing a, a photo shoot. Um, and I know that, you know, we kind of get an idea by watching something like America's Next Top Model and that kind of stuff. But uh, from your perspective, as someone who is who is there in front of the camera, um, you know, doing various poses and and shoots, what like what's going through your mind? What does it feel like, and what are you concentrating on to make sure that you are able to perform at the highest level? Well, in a way, when you're there as a model, like you are concentrating, but if you're not, because if you're concentrating too much. Then, and this is what a few photographers told me, you're mm-hmm. actually being very stiff. And in some people, it's very obvious, like, you know, in their facial expression, it looks like they're just focusing too hard. Mm. So you are focusing, but you're kind of just letting yourself go in a way, like out of your shell. And you kind of just, um, you know, you're just basically being creative. You're posing um, in different angles. You're posing in the environment that you're in. Um, and yeah, besides that, you're not really like focusing too much. Um, as I mentioned, um, I was told, and it really did help me mm-hmm. that if you're just focusing too much, then it, it just shows, um, especially, you know, in your, basically in your face, facial expression. So yeah, you're pretty much just relaxing for starters. And then you kind of, posing 
you know, for the camera. And obviously you're not being lazy, but you're mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah, you're just posing for the camera as you do. And sometimes the photographer is du- directing you anyway. Um, that may not always be the case. So as a model, you need to know how to, how to pose and know what you're doing. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a very interesting concept. Um, nowadays, for whatever reason, or I should say because I've been doing it for such a long time now, um, when I turn up, I don't really have to think. I'm just kind of there. So, mm-hmm. and I just do it. Um, so when someone asks me, oh, what do you exactly do? I have to think for a moment before <laughs> I explain because I kind of, now it's kind of like muscle memory. I just turn up and then, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's very interesting. Yeah, that is. So do you have, nowadays when you show up on set, do you have a pre-ritual that you, you do, whether it's like a song you listen to or, or other things you do that gets you, you know, gets you relaxed, gets you are in the, in the moment and ready to perform? Not specifically, but I do make sure that I'm happy and full of energy and that I am relaxed um, mm-hmm. prior to the shoot. Um, obviously, the details of the shoot are known about. Like my manager and myself, um, we all, like, we have a discussion with the photographer prior, whether mm-hmm. we have met them before or not. And so everyone knows what the shoot is about. No one's going to turn up and be clueless because mm-hmm. that's probably not going to help anyone relax um so yeah basically before turning up i know what i'm doing i know what the shoot is for and yeah so it's for me for or for anyone who is who is experienced obviously you are going to be a little bit nervous because it's just natural like Mm -hmm. it's because you know especially if you haven't met someone that person before but within the first like five to ten minutes um, or after that, yeah, initial few minutes, then you're fine. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's basically how it is. Yeah. When you were first starting off, how, how did you, or, or how did you work with the photographer to kind of help yourself feel more comfortable and relaxed? Because I know in the, the types of shoots you do, there are different levels and you're wearing various levels of clothing uh, to a certain extent, you know, especially in the early days when you, maybe you weren't ready for that or as, as experienced in that, there has to be some kind of nerves and maybe a little bit of fear to that. So how did you slowly work your way into relaxing and being comfortable in front of the camera? When I think to back then, I I mean, I'm obviously I'm very driven now, but back then I was just really driven and I really wanted to get myself out there. I had so many goals and um, this would have been before I got published in any um, top name magazines. And mm-hmm. so my drive was really there. My passion was really there. And so prior to the shoot, obviously, you know, I'd be practicing my poses in the mirror and making sure that you know, I'm in the best shape and everything. And yeah, I would just try to make sure that I was relaxed and I had a positive mindset. Mm-hmm. And that helped. And I guess regardless, because I was technically a beginner, I, I was going to feel some sort of nervousness when the shoot happened. But yeah, as the shoot pro- progressed, I felt yeah, I felt really happy. I felt very chilled. So 
there wasn't anything that I particularly did, but I just knew that I loved my career so much and I loved everything about it that I would do anything to make sure that, um, that, you know, I would achieve all the goals that I wanted to achieve. Um, mm-hmm. even if that meant throwing myself in the deep end and just, you know, doing many, you know, gigs or many, um, photo shoots. So for me, it was kind of like, you know, I'm going to go in and even if I do bad, at least I'll learn something from it because you don't really learn from things going well on the, all the time. And if anything, actually you learn from mistakes. So mm-hmm. for me, it was just like, well, I'm here for a reason. So I guess there isn't really anything to be nervous about because this is what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, obviously I was nervous when I, when I was a beginner and that kind of faded as I became more experienced, but I never let that nervousness kind of affect me or my mindset. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So when was it in your career that you decided that it was time to get a manager and, and how has, so how was that process like of, of finding a manager? Um, <laughs> for me, it's a very interesting case, but um, often I hear this happens as well. So for me, um, I, had my manager from I'd say easily 10 months to a year into my career mm-hmm. and sometimes people go out and find managers which is absolutely fine because sometimes that there are even these management um, businesses or like agencies where you look them up online and they're there but mm-hmm. um, sometimes people just meet industry professionals at an event or somewhere and then you know, that's when they become their manager or something. Um, or they, you know, they communicate and along the way, um, they have that arrangement somehow. Mm-hmm. So it's not really coincidental. It's something that people do their research for, or perhaps it's, yeah, someone they've met or someone they already know. Mm-hmm. In my case, it was like, I was, and this is where like we, there was so much con, like it was really controversial to begin with because people were really questioning it. Um, but then after a while it kind of wasn't a problem for, or wasn't, it wasn't a problem to begin with, but people kind of didn't stop asking too much after a while. So my boyfriend became my manager, um, 10 to 12 months in. And a lot of people thought, Oh, that's really odd or it will affect your relationship or, you know, all sorts of things. And Mm -hmm. we just ignore that because we know we're very professional. We know why I'm here. We know why he's here Mm -hmm. in terms of managing me. So we always kept it professional. There was never like, you know, when it came to business, it was business and we acted in our positions um, in that sense. And then, you know, outside of modeling, when I wasn't on set, during a photo shoot um, Mm -hmm. in our own private lives. Of course, we have um, a very good um, boyfriend and girlfriend relationship. And a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't separate those things. And then, yeah, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's funny. Um, And then some people can, like us. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very interesting. And as I said, a lot of people question that um, at the very start. But then... When they saw that we could work very well and that there were no, yeah, basically no issues, then, yeah, people just understood and then 
they didn't really say anything. But as I, as I progressed and over the years, I did realize there were a lot other um, managers that were dating their, you know, dating the model, whether that was before or after, I'm not sure, but I did notice mm-hmm. that. So it's funny because, you know, I kind of thought it wasn't, it was something that wasn't common, but it turned mm-hmm. out, at least from what I saw um, and heard, it turned yeah. out that it was. So, yeah, that's how I met my manager. We knew each other before and um, we, I guess we really understand each other very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think because we do, it helps us or it helped us have a business relationship because we were always on the same page. Sure, sure. I guess, you know, it's always good to have someone in your corner and it, it sounds like you have that uh, which is great how so your manager then i guess let's talk about um how you book shoots now so does your manager reach out to the magazine so the magazines reach out to your manager do you have any kind of influence on where you want to go next or what magazine or you know the or movie that you work on next um well, in terms of the booking side of things, um, quite often, especially with the magazines, I should say, it's my manager who's reaching out on behalf of me. And if anyone, whether it's the magazine or it's usually the photographer or some other sort of like individual, if they need to speak to me, then by all means, that happens as well. But yeah, usually it's my manager reaching out to magazines and photographers. Often... Um, you know, I I personally will receive um, like through social media. Um, I'll personally receive like requests, like if someone wants to hire me for something, um, whether that's a photo shoot or perhaps like a like a film or whatever. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, often it's my manager reaching out on behalf of me to arrange any gigs. And yeah, it's very interesting because the other day, and it was a relatively small gig but it was still something very um yeah very amazing actually they there's a mini series being produced um locally and yeah no they they had they still had to cast a lot of people last minute and um no they just i just received a message one day the other day on facebook and they're like oh yeah we could use somebody um you know well known in the area so yeah, I didn't really, you know, my manager didn't have to reach out, nor did I have to. So a lot of the time, things will just sometimes come to me. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because I think that's a result of self-marketing myself, like, very well, like, just putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say that, I don't mean flyers or anything like that, but, you know, just promoting myself well on social media and, you know, because as a as it is, you know, the more people who are following you, the more you're known. Um, so all of those things really help out. In terms of, sorry, what was the last bit of the question? I kind of forget now, but uh, I think that's okay because uh, I think this, okay. this, I think this leads well actually into my next question, which you you just kind of mentioned, which is I, I wanted to talk about your. Um, your marketing. So, you know, so you do have a very robust social media presence. And so do you, do you run your own, you know, Instagram, social media accounts? 
and how like how do you decide what gets posted and when so i run it and my management run it as well in a sense but they they monitor it and um so i guess it comes down to how important the the thing is that i need to post Mm -hmm. obviously as a model you need to put up your portfolio and if you're not doing that then people can't see your work um so then you know it's a bit pointless if you're not doing that um so yeah, I put my portfolio up there. I put, I credit the people who were a part of that photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I often tag other things like magazines and other media outlets or anyone that may take interest in that post because I think that's how you're going to target more people. If you're tagging um, certain things within the post, and this is for Instagram, I should mm-hmm. say, then – you know, you're going to reach out to those sort of – so those are basically then your targets in a sense. You're going to be – that post is going to reach those sort of um, users on Instagram. Mm-hmm. As for the ha- hashtags, is a similar thing. Um, so if you want to reach out certain um, – yes, yeah, so certain types of users or genres, then you have to put those hashtags that, tr- that relate to them in the post as well. So if you do that, it works very well. And Instagram is getting more stricter every day. And when I spoke to an expert the other day about this, they said, well, the terms and conditions of Instagram is very, I guess, simple but strict. And that Mm -hmm. is that they'll obviously delete fake users and they will block, like permanently, permanently delete accounts that don't comply with the rules and and um well yeah so mm-hmm. basically they'll do that and if you're buy, buying a lot of followers and doing spam actions so say you had a clean account and there wasn't any bad content on there there mm-hmm. wasn't any swear words or anything but you're pretty much spamming people like you're commenting and liking and doing all these ridiculous things and then you're buying all these fake followers and perhaps you're only doing that because you want to be very popular, Mm -hmm. but that will get you deleted. So it was hard for me to kind of figure that figure out what was the difference between engaging with a lot of people and spamming. So, (laughs) um, so for me it was very hard as of recent anyway, because as I mentioned, um, the platform is getting a lot stricter every day like every year Mm -hmm. so I was kind of yeah in a way limiting myself on how many accounts I would follow back all the time or how many you know pictures I would like because I didn't want to overdo it and um it yeah it was scary to hear that apparently if you don't do all of those things um your account will get blocked (laughs) so I didn't want to have that risk there but I guess it all comes down to how you're doing things if I think if you if you're doing things normally, nothing will happen, and you, you would know about it. But I do know that if you like too many accounts at once or follow too many accounts um, within a short period of time, you, that feature will be blocked for 24 hours. So mm. if that happens, my advice would be, yeah, don't do any of that for a while because if you yeah. c- continue to do that, well then 
that risk of getting your account deleted is going to increase. Yeah. In terms of Facebook, it's kind of similar, but obviously with Facebook, I think sometimes and always it can be easier to gain followers. Okay. So the, it brings up an interesting point of being, you know, kicked off of or blocked on Instagram because you technically don't own that platform. Facebook does. Is there, are you changing your marketing a little bit or, or tweaking it in the future, thinking about how Instagram, you know, being potentially blocked or if Instagram suddenly changes, uh, you know, their algorithms and suddenly it's less easy for you to be, be featured. Are there new ways that you're thinking about promoting yourself or looking other ways that you're looking at to make sure that you are still visible to your to your fans and to the um, to the people who, who need to see your photos and n- are not you know just in case Instagram does something with it with the algorithms? Um, I guess that's hard to say because I guess it would depend on what they what they do. Um, sure. but. I can imagine um, as long as I was complying with the terms and conditions of Facebook and Instagram that yeah. I would still do well. And in saying that, I would still market myself in other places. Like um, I recently heard Google, Google Plus is actually very good, um, although I'm not too sure how accurate that is. Mm-hmm. And um, having your own website, um, YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of different places or even Twitter mm-hmm. where you can just promote yourself. And, you know, I, again, I think if you were to spam on any sort of pl- um, platform, um, then, yeah, you would have problems. So I think the main thing is to make sure that all the actions that you're taking on your account are in a way normal and, yeah, not suspicious. Okay, sure. So tell me about what it was like being on Australia's top glamour model. So I know that's something that you won in 2017, but uh, could you tell me more about the process, what it was like, and then you know how it's how it's changed your career after winning? It definitely changed my career a lot because just having that title um, there, whether that was in your in my Instagram bio, whether I would have that in my resume, it just really helped out so much. It was, yeah, like I'm so grateful for it um, to this very day. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just been such a phenomenal experience um, since, you know, since that event. In terms of the event itself, they were taking um, online applications um, Australia-wide. So I entered that um because, funny enough, someone I knew um, entered that. So I was like, <laughs> oh, this, this sounds really cool. So yeah. I'll give it a go because I really think – I mean, the funny thing was, like, I was really driven. Um, like, obviously, I'm still driven now. But back then, like, I was really driven. And I really, for, for whatever reason, deep down, I really felt I had the potential to win that. Mm-hmm. So I entered it and with a positive mindset. And – Yeah, I filled in the online application. I pretty much, um, in terms of the, yeah, in terms of the application, I pretty much, they pretty much needed like a bio in a sense. So I, yeah, to my best ability, I was, you know, 
typing down a a really good bio that would help promote me. And anyway, next thing I know, they did get back, and I did receive like effectively it was like a phone call interview. Mm-hmm. So that went all well, and I yeah I proceeded to you know um, yeah I proceeded to the next round. So. Basically, to proceed in the next round, and this often happens in the glamour model industry, at least in this sense, um, they needed a – well, I needed some sort of sponsor as well. So that sponsor would help um, provide any additional costs when it came to the whole uh, production side of things Mm -hmm. because for each model, there was like a a behind-the-scenes video, there was a photo shoot, and – you know, and where it was set would, would be some sort of really cool location. So, yeah, no, I was really lucky because at that time, um, shortly before I entered that, I, I um, joined up like a glamour model agency um, in my area. And they were relatively small, but they were, from what um, I remember, they were very impressed um when I had an interview with them mm-hmm. by my drive and passion for modeling. And they just, they were very impressed with everything and with how I, yeah, with how I presented myself. So I figured I'd ask them mm-hmm. and another agency that I was with at the time. And they both, yeah, they both said yes to that. So um, with the help of my mom as well, um, I traveled to, was it Melbourne? Yeah. Melbourne to do a, a photo shoot with limousines and yeah, it was pretty much like a, like you, you could say a limousine garage, but it was much more <laughs> cooler than that. Like there were, yeah. they had all these limousines everywhere. So it was, it was really nice. And so that's where they, they filmed and they shot everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no. And from there, like it was, it was a really interesting competition because it wasn't like a, I guess it wasn't like a traditional Miss Universe sort of thing. Um, and why they, I guess that's how they decided to do, to do things. So moving on from that, they produced a calendar and all the models that were finally selected were published in that calendar. Mm-hmm. And yeah, from there, um, the judge panel was, they had all their social media active. So they were promoting all the girls and the girls were promoting the page and, you know, were promoting the calendars so they could be sold. Mm-hmm. And within that time, they also, um, it was like a six to 12 month time frame. They were monitoring everyone, seeing how everyone's career pro- progressed. And, um, I was doing a lot. Like I was working a lot <laughs> as I, as I still am. So I was really putting myself out there and doing all these magazine shoots and, and so on. And they asked for anything like towards the, like the, the judging, they asked for anything like pretty much like a resume or like a breakdown down of everything that. You did. So again, like I, I pretty much, um, organized everything together and I pretty much put down everything that I had done, all the magazines that I had done. I had done several covers for some small magazines by then as well. Mm-hmm. So I submitted all of that and, um, from there, they, there was also public voting. So okay. people were voting for us as well. And 
It was a combination of the judge panel and the voting that would determine who the winner would be. Okay. So, yeah, no, I before they did the finale, um, of course, I got a phone call prior and, um, yeah, I got told that I won. <laughs> so I was really, like, really shocked. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, like, I thought maybe one of the other girls would have won and that I would have came second or something because I, I was kind of, like, really thinking I'd be close um, based on ev- everything that I'd submitted mm-hmm. but um, and everything else that had happened. But, yeah, it was really interesting. Um, so I, I had won the competition. It was just – and it was really – it was just really amazing to have won that. Excellent. So then in 2018, you were on the cover of Playboy. So tell me more about that. How? What was it like working with the, with the Playboy brand in general? And how did? How were you selected to be on the cover? So prior to that, I had done um, like six Playboy features. So I'd been featured in Playboy before, but okay. this. They just weren't covers. Mm -hmm. So my manager, he reached out once again to a photographer who worked very closely um, or very, yeah, they, he pretty much worked for Playboy Croatia. And um, yeah, so my, the photographer and my, and my manager had arranged, pretty much reached out to Playboy Croatia to arrange a possible cover. And that ended up working out very well. And I think, or I would say, it would have been a combination of things because by then I was very experienced. I had, a, I have a national title. Mm-hmm. I had a really good portfolio and social media presence. And I had been featured in Playboy before. I'd been featured in other magazines as well, like Maxim. So it was, um, I don't want to say it was easy, but it was, you know, there was a lot there that definitely backed me up in the end. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was all arranged by my, by my management and the photographer, of course. So, um, yeah, I'm very grateful to have, um, a very good business partner. He's very, um, yeah, he's, he's very headstrong and he, and he's really, you know, good at arranging these sort of things. Yeah, it, it definitely sounds like it. So, you know, you've, you've been on 50 plus covers of magazines and you're winning awards and doing amazing things. Where do you see your career progressing in, in 2019 or beyond? Uh, especially since you, you know, you've just done a couple of acting gigs. So where do you want to take your career next? I definitely want it to, like I, I do want to do more television. That's for sure. I wanted to do because I figured like, because another goal of mine is to be in in a blockbuster film. I've always wanted to do that, like be an A-list actress and and do that. But mm-hmm. obviously, there's a road leading to that. You don't just you know end up there tomorrow. But right. um, I'm happy to work towards that, of course, because that's something that is very important to me. Mm-hmm. So I thought one stepping stone would be to go on TV because I think more, you know, television appearances can be, you know, bring out a lot of publicity as well. And you just gain a lot of experience and you have a lot of fun. So I definitely want to do, um, yeah, more television appearances. I also want to progress more in the magazine industry. So I would like to do more covers 
Um, another goal of mine was always to cover for, um, do a cover for Maxim. Because mm-hmm. that's something that I think would be, yeah, very cool. So, yeah. So, there's a lot of things I really want to do. But I did have a long think about these sort of things the, the past six months. And, um, despite, um, wanting to, or despite, yeah, despite wanting to continue within the Playboy and, and the whole glamour industry, I do really want to become, um, a successful actress Mm -hmm. and that's something that I'm happy to work towards. Um, at the moment I'm still at drama school part time to really, Mm -hmm. you know, enhance my skills and, you know, so I know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and I'm taking on small projects for, uh, yeah, taking on small projects like the mini series they're doing, um, in a couple of weeks. So I'm really thankful. I'm, I'm very excited to be a part of that. So, I definitely want to, yeah, work towards it. And I think that, and a lot of people get this wrong, but as much as the small projects don't sound as exciting as the bigger ones, you do still want to do the small ones because, you know, every little bit counts. You kind of get more exposure that way as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking on a variety of projects and, um, yeah, (laughs) working towards that. Yeah. So if, if somebody younger was is listening to this podcast and they would like to be where you are and, and be a successful model, what advice would you give them that you wish someone had told you when you were first starting off about your career and, and making sure that you were safe? Um, you know what? I wish that someone had told me to always get the right support. And when I say that, I mean, because sometimes what happens is, especially when you see the people who are already successful, I mean, in this world, some people are more fortunate than others. So it makes Mm -hmm. sense. But in terms of just, and this is where someone may ask, what, what does she mean by support? So when I say support, I say a team of people who are really Willing just as much as you, mm-hmm. if not more, to push you out there and make sure your career blooms. Because as much as I have my, my management, both in the States and in Australia, I felt that if I had more friends and more family that were just as passionate about my career as I am, and I, I don't mean like they would like throw money in or, you know, do all these ridiculous things, mm-hmm. but, you know, just be really supportive and really, um, you know, encourage me in a sense, you know what I mean? Then perhaps I'd be further than I am now. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing I kind of felt that I could and I couldn't have controlled. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, I have a really good um circle of friends and family and my management that really care about me and care about my about my career but I just felt especially in the low times and we all have them you really need a good support system for your career because your career can often I don't want to say your career will go dramatically down but on the pathway to success there's going to be all sorts of things that happen also all sorts of obstacles and that's that will happen no matter what industry you you decide to be in. So, mm-hmm. and if you don't have 
a good support group, um, you're going to find it more difficult during those challenging times. So to a young person, I would say, yes, get out there, do your very best, be passionate and driven about it. Um, if you really care about it, you will anyway. But find people or have people around you who think exactly the same mm -hmm. because um, as much as it sounds sad, but I think it happens to everyone. I can't tell you how many people that just kind of walked out or I kind of just had to, um, in a way, <laughs> um, delete because I felt they were more jealous of me than they were you know, proud of me. And I, I didn't really want that negativity around me. I just wanted people who, yeah, who were, who were real and that they, they cared. So that's something I would say to them. Yeah. In your own career and journey, what would you say has been the best advice that you've ever received? So the best advice that I ever received, and this would have been one of the first things I was told and this was like at the very beginning of, um, of my career. So I met with a basically a scouter and they said to me, if you're going to do something, do it right. And if you're not going to do it right or if you're not going to do it properly, don't do it at all. Mm -hmm. And that meant to me, well, in other words, everything that I do, um, I'm going to have to do 100%. And that helped because that meant – I mean, I really care about my career, but that ultimately meant that anything that I do was going to work out very well because I was putting in all all my effort. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, I wouldn't say that would mean that you're invincible to failure, but I would say that that sort of advice would mean that everything you do will at least – is depending like if something went wrong but of course that can still happen but basically it meant that everything that you did would work out well anyway in the long run because you were putting in the effort and people will see that as well people will see oh wow she or he is a hard-working person mm -hmm. she will they will really put in the effort so um it's a very interesting piece of advice, but I would highly recommend that um, because at the end of the day, you don't want to kind of half do something. Um, you don't want to appear someone who's lazy. You just want to be, you know, an, an honest and hardworking person. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. Thank you. So, Jasmine, thank you so much for, you know, for getting up early today and chatting with me. I really appreciate your time. Uh, if the listeners would like to see your work and hear more about you, where is the best place they can go to do that? So I'm very active on social media. Mm -hmm. So if they look up Jasmine Shojai Model on Instagram and Facebook, they'll find me there. Um, they can find me on Twitter as well under Jasmine underscore Shojai. Mm -hmm. And I have my official website as well, so that's www.jasmineshojai.com. So there's a lot of content up there, and um, yeah, definitely feel free to check it out. Wonderful, and I will make sure that I put the, the links in the show notes so they can click right through. No worries. Excellent. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Hour podcast. 
If you liked this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.